Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. At the beginning of the year, Freddie Mac projected home sales to hit the 6.9 million mark. Yeah, that means that 6.9 million buyers have asked or will be asking themselves one of the most important questions before they set off on their home search. How much do I need to have saved up in a down payment to be able to purchase my dream home? Mm -hmm. We hear that a lot from people that they're not sure. There's a lot of different options out there. So people get really confused about it. Right. And most people have heard that you should have 20% of the value of the home saved up. But why? You know, does it really matter in the end? If you're planning to purchase a home soon or at any point in the future, then this is for you. Yes, I love the topics that we're covering in this in this show because it's things that honestly I'm dealing with. It's things that my mm-hmm. friends are dealing with. So this is a big one. A lot of people want to own a home, but knowing how to navigate that process is challenging. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to ask, why does 20% matter? Right. So we're going to dig into uh, kind of the, the numbers and what they mean and ultimately you know, kind of fast forward to what what does it actually mean for your wallet in the long run? Yeah. So if you've heard about this magic number, you're not alone. According to Rocket Mortgage, the average down payment is 6%. But there are benefits to putting down 20% if you can wait and really plan for that. So the, the one that most people have heard of here is uh, PMI, right? So if you put uh, 20% down, then that means that you automatically start with 20% equity in the mm-hmm. house, which means that the the mortgage company doesn't require you to have private mortgage insurance. That's what PMI stands for. Basically, it's there's less risk to the mortgage company of not being able to recover their asset right. and make a profit from it if you've already put 20% down. Right. Because let's say that you can't make your payments, you default, right? And then the, the, the bank basically becomes the owner of that home at that point, which the bank doesn't really care for owning homes, mm-hmm. right? So they would want to sell it and then be able to make uh, make loans using the, the proceeds. So for them, be having an asset that, uh, that 20% of it has already been paid for then mm-hmm. gives them less risk in being able to offload it should you default on that loan. And that private mortgage insurance means you could be paying you know, several hundred dollars extra on your mortgage payment. If it's a $100,000 home, it could be about $150 per month mm-hmm. of your payment that is going purely to that insurance and not to your principal. Right. And that's because about the, the average amount of uh, private mortgage insurance is 0.58, so over half a percent to almost 2%, so 1.86% of the original loan amount on a conventional loan, according to Genworth Mortgage Insurance, Jenny May and the Urban Institute. Yes. And I know when you say like 2%, you're kind of like, okay, but if it's a $200,000 home, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a chunk of change, right? So with that same scenario that you were just talking about, as far as a $100,000 house and you're paying up to $150 per month on that uh, private mortgage insurance, if you do that up until you reach that 20% equity, then that means that if you do, if you let's say that you do 5% down uh, payment, this means that you would have pay, uh, you would have paid a total of $15,462 in just private mortgage insurance. And a lot of people don't realize that that doesn't just automatically drop off. Right. So you could be paying that indefinitely if you never take the time to challenge the equity 
in your home and, and yeah. you know, and some people are kind of in a position right now where home equity might be higher than it normally would have been. Yeah. So, you know, got to understand that's something that doesn't just turn off on its own when you reach the 20% mark. True. And yeah, the, the banks, they don't account for market fluctuation, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to go based off of what that original loan amount was. Mm-hmm. So I, I know because I was trying to go through this process uh, just a year ago. Uh, so thanks to the rise in the uh, home values, I knew that that I had well over 20% uh, you know equity in my home so I went through the process of uh, getting rid of the the mm-hmm. PMI on on my mortgage and the unfortunate uh, realization that I came to is that the cost mm-hmm. to to go through with that process was actually going to be more because you'd than have to put closing I, costs and things to redo it or what was the thing It's basically an appraisal fee and uh, it was going to cost like $500 Yeah and I did the math just to see okay what's my PMI a cost going to be over the next 12 months, which is mm-hmm. what it's going to take to automatically for it to automatically happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was just not going to be really cost effective. So Got in it. that case, it didn't matter. But, but if you were newer in the loan, it might've made more sense to do. Right. So it certainly affects that private mortgage insurance, whether you have to have it or not. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, is a higher down payment typically means you're paying a lower interest rate. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that, that you can get a better interest rate by putting more down. Yes. Because again, it just goes down to risk, mm-hmm. right? So the lower risk that you that you have uh, or that the bank has, then they'll offer you a better rate. And which a lower rate, a lower interest rate means a lower payment as well. And I can attest to this. So my husband and I bought our house in 2019 mm-hmm. that we're currently in. And then in 2020, the interest rates had dropped quite dramatically, even in just a year. And so we went back to the bank, went went back to our mortgage lender and said, hey, we'd like to refinance our loan and see what we could get. We were able to save like a percent and a half, which meant a hundred dollars, over a hundred dollars a month off of our house payment. Yeah. Do you know how much interest savings like over the long term? I I had those numbers at one point, but it was insane. When you think Mm. about the size of those loans, it does add up pretty quickly. And our house is just yeah. a modest house. We don't have anything crazy expensive. So you can imagine the impact on a larger home too. Yeah. I know I was talking to one of my clients that uh, did a refinance last year. They had originally bought the house, I think about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And by doing that refinance, uh, they saved on over the, the lo- uh, term of the loan, they're going to save over $140,000 in interest. That's insane. That's yeah. That's crazy. So definitely lower interest equals lower payment and then less interest expense over time. So like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you actually end up paying less dollars. And we see this on Mm -hmm. debt reduction plans that we do for people where, you know, they're going to save on the interest. And what tends to happen is they're going to save a lot of time, too. Mm -hmm. So if you can get that payment down for those that want to really pay it off faster, that gives you the opportunity to put more towards principal right. also going forward. Exactly. Yeah. So let's say that, kind of like you said, you refinance, you've got an extra $100 in your pocket. That means that you can throw those extra $100 into the principal, get mm-hmm. that loan paid off faster, and lower your interest expense over time. Yes. And those are the good. But let's talk about the reality, though. You know, before you can do 20% as a down payment, there's definitely perks, but you got to consider your savings or lack thereof. Do you right. have 20%? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, you know, if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar home, that means that you need to have twenty thousand dollars on hand to make that 20 percent down payment. And the data we see about savings says the bulk of the people out there probably don't just have that laying around. Right. So if you don't and you're thinking about buying a home, start saving, start planning Mm -hmm. now. Think about what timeline you want and start putting those dollars aside. Second thing is your budget. Yeah. You know, don't buy more house than you can afford. Let's start there. But also, do you have the budget to support 
letting go of that 20%. You know, mm-hmm. you may have it in savings, but is that your emergency savings that you're giving up? Right. Is it going to keep your budget intact to do that? Or are you going to have to take some, um, some issue, you know, take issue with your budget there? Right. Because you might think, okay, even if you, you have, let's say, you know, $20,000, $30,000 uh, to put into a down payment, well, you know, will that uh, house that you can afford with those twenty thirty thousand dollars will that the the monthly payment on that mm-hmm. fit your budget yes right because just because you you might have the savings over that you've accumulated over time to buy it doesn't mean that it's actually going to fit your budget yes and then when you're buying any home i think people are a little I, i've heard stories of people like putting offers on houses they've never seen Oh and not gosh, even yeah. requiring inspections. Do, do you know what repairs are going to be needed? Because if you're mm-hmm. using your savings to pay the down payment, do you have enough money set aside for any repairs that might need to be made mm-hmm. on the home also? Because you're already going to be adjusting your budget with a new mortgage. You want to make sure that you're prepared for that or, you know, furniture. If the furniture from your last home won't fit in the new home or you are like I was when I bought my first home and it was like, I can't take this furniture with me. It's mm-hmm. nasty. You know, <laughs> college student to new home is you don't want the same furniture, in, no. you know. So, <laughs> so, you know, if you've got like duct taped couches and you're thinking, man, I'm about to move into this nice neighborhood and I'm going to need some new furniture or newer furniture, do you have those funds set aside still? Yeah. The next point here is that another thing to consider is, you know, maybe you don't have the savings on hand. uh, So it might be more beneficial for you if you give less of a down payment and then just make extra payments mm-hmm. along the way because again you're you're going eventually going to get there to mm-hmm. that point where you don't have to pay the PMI anymore and uh, that can give you the um, the wiggle room in your yes. savings and just keep track of it you know you know when you fill out the mortgage paperwork take note of what that 20% number is so mm-hmm. that you know when you've arrived yeah and actually uh, whenever you go to do your closing in your closing uh, paperwork there is a an amortization schedule on there that will show you at which point, if you just do the minimum payment on your mortgage, which point, which month, which year, you will reach to uh, that 20% equity and to then uh, have that PMI taken off. Perfect. And something else to consider is just home appreciation. And, right. and give us some more details on that one. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. So over the past three years or two years, uh, there's been an, a steady increase in home values, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you bought a house last year and let's say that you put a 15% down payment on the house. Well, chances are that you are probably at the 20% mark mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you could uh, obviously then at that point apply to get that PMI removed as well. Yes. And there is a little silver lining here if you if you are considering this, you know, paying the PMI can be a pain, but your home is an investment. The cost may be worth it because you're expecting that home to appreciate over time. You know, you can buy the house with less than 20% down and then just have the PMI taken off later because your house is likely to appreciate over time. It's one of the few assets that appreciates over time if you take good care of it. So it's not the end of the world if you don't have 20%. I'll be honest, my last house, I didn't. I had five. Yeah. I wanted to get the better interest rate. So I saved up enough for five, but waiting for 20 would have been way outside of our situation at the time with a bunch of kids like we do so that makes complete sense so uh, i believe and this this is rough numbers so this is not exact but uh, the uh, the amount of uh, increase in, in home values last year was close to seven eight percent and this year it's it's going to be an, another about five to six percent mm-hmm. right so yeah just taking that into consideration 
uh, over the long term, it'll probably be somewhere closer to two to three uh, percent yeah. per year, depending on where you live, right? So mm-hmm. there's we we know that uh, the now, so home just values, like anything, we can't say past performance is indicative of future performance. It is not. Um, so right. things fluctuate, right? So you know the home values. It, in Palo Alto, California, are obviously going to differ and, and grow a lot differently than you know out in Pangburn, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we love you, Pangburn. Just you know, <laughs> there's not quite as much growth there right now. Not much, but there are other options. Like we talked about, the average yes. down payment on a home is somewhere around six, which means some mm-hmm. are doing more, some are doing less. Um, but depending on your loan type, you may have the opportunity to buy a house for much, much lower than 20%. So let's talk through a few of those options and who would qualify for each. Right. So conventional loans uh, are the most, I guess, common type of loan. Conventional. Right. Exactly. (laughs) As the name implies, Uh, which for those, you can go as low as 3%. Mm -hmm. Uh, But kind of like Teresa said earlier, with uh, paying a lower interest rate, that, or I'm sorry, down a lower payment. down payment, you're actually going to get a higher interest rate because that puts more risk on the bank. And because they have that risk, your credit score is going to need to be higher. So with mm-hmm. a conventional loan, you need to have a 620 or higher credit score mm-hmm. to even qualify for this. And if that requirement's not met, they're going to require at least 5% to even consider you. And before we go any further, there's one thing I learned early in my home buying experiences that what has scarred me if i'm being honest we were pre-approved yeah right and then when it was time to actually pony up with the money we almost missed out on getting our house because the pre-approval did not mean that we were actually going to necessarily get the loan they didn't have a loan vendor on the the docket at that point so make sure that you are not just screened but actually have a lender ready to give you the money before you make an offer on a house especially in this market Wow. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, me neither. My gosh. Another option out there is a VA loan. Now, you mm-hmm. do have to qualify for it, but it does not require any money down at all. Right. So, that one's a great one, too. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a veteran, then this is for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for There's also USDA mortgages, uh, mortgage loans, where you also are not required to put any money down, uh, but it's meant for homes in rural areas, right? So, that's, that's the, the kind of qualification for that one. Yes. And then there are FHA loans that allow as low as 3.5%. So again, you've got a lot of wiggle room in your options. And just generally, you know, overall looking at all of this, the market is red hot with sellers profiting on a short supply of homes getting bid up. Don't get sucked into the panic and make a decision that could put you in a rough spot for years to come. Do your homework to calculate what's the right amount of down payment for you, the right amount of home for you and your finances. Yeah. And did you buy a house a couple of years ago and are still paying that PMI? Well, your equity may be past that 20% mark. So if so, it may benefit you to contact your lender and ask if you qualify to have that removed. We are so happy that you have joined us today to learn about down payments. Next time, we will discover the seven things that will hurt your finances more than that proverbial cup (laughs) of coffee addiction. So don't forget to tune in. Thanks for listening to the Talking Sense podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors. And that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. General Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor. 
with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.